There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Casey Smith, and one of the most anticipated weeks of the year is here. We talked to hunters this week across the country who are doing their best to deal with the hot weather and still get on big bucks. Welcome to the Rut Fresh Radio Podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. On the phone right now, I've got the one and only Mark Kenyon. We have not been able to spend much time with him lately, as you can imagine. We've all been in different directions, and I've got sitting here on the couch with me, KC Smith. We are just chilling and fixing to go out again on the road. Mark, you're out somewhere in middle of nowhere, is what I hear. Yeah, yeah, buddy. I am in uh, parts unknown. Nebraska. All right. Uh, unknown to who? Excited. Yep. Unknown destination. Isn't it Nebraska. the Howard Stern movie from back in the nineties? <laughs> Isn't that what that was called? Parts Unknown or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It might be so no, it's private parts. Private, private parts. parts. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, guys, I'm uh I'm about to kick off my rotation here and we're filming season two of one week in November. So I'm excited about that. Uh we I just got here like half hour hour ago something like that mm. so I'm, we're just kind of unpacking organizing our gear we're gonna get out and do some scouting this evening and then start hunting tomorrow does so, it look uh, deary right now mark yes yeah. <laughs> it's like it's you know it's you know what nebraska's like there's a lot of places that don't look deary mm-hmm. like at least white tailly right i'm in an area where there's a lot of open country where you're thinking oh man there's <laughs> muleys here but i don't know about white tails but as soon as you find these little patches of cover these little hidey holes, these little rivers and creeks and stuff like that. You're in some good whitetail stuff. So um, that's that's what I'll be hunting here. Um, but I got to tell you guys something real quick. Okay. Before you before you ask me anything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I haven't I haven't been on Rough Fresh in a while because you guys have been traveling all over the world and doing all this stuff. And I just want to publicly say it feels great that my baby has been in good hands. You guys, good. <laughs> you guys have been doing a good job. I've been listening every week, like that parent who's like got their ear to the door and listening to what the kids are doing in the room next door, you know? Mm, That's yep. what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, and you guys haven't been breaking anything, you haven't been fighting, you haven't been doing anything too bad. Um, so parental, parental approval is, is here. Are you sure you listened last week? The the next, yeah. (laughs) The the next Wisconsin guy that comes up behind me in a dark camp will for sure cause a fight though. So (laughs) let's not let that happen. It's, uh, it's been, it's been fun. I'm, I'm enjoying what you guys are doing and, uh, I'm glad to be back though. Glad to be back on here and, and get to chat with you guys, uh, before all sorts of exciting stuff breaks loose, because guess what? I don't know if you guys realized it, but it is November. Oh, when man. this podcast drops, right? It's yeah, sweet November today. Oh Woo-hoo. man, man, Woo-hoo. it's the best time of year, man. Just yes, it is. It's like you know they they wrote that song, the most wonderful time of the year. They wrote it about Christmas, but they they should have written it about the first two weeks of November for yeah, sure, for sure. And if, if if only I knew a musician who also loved to deer hunt, who might be able to write a song <laughs> like that. Do we know anyone like that? Uh, uh, I, I'm blanking, man. I'm, I'm blanking on it. Who also has recording equipment at the house, right? So we should be. Come on, listen. I'm an ex musician. Okay, <laughs> I don't get to play right, right. guitar anymore. Write us the most wonderful time of the year rut edition. Oh, please. dude. I've uh, I've thought about this actually. I thought about you know making a music catalog for deer hunting shows on the outdoor networks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on TV, because I could do it easy, dude. And it would be you know you just got to write corny songs about trucks, just like country music, but you got to right. put a little <laughs> bit of some deer, you know, anecdotes and and uh, references in there. So it's it's easy, man. I think uh, Bone Collector did at one point, you know, and I think I could do the same thing. Did. Yeah, did. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like yeah. a. I think something we should release on the Wired to Hunt platforms for sure. <laughs> for sure, yeah. You um, know what? You catch me on the right day, I might say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there, in all seriousness, Bone Collector did release an album like that, right? Yeah. There's, it's called the Bone Collector Brotherhood or something like that. Yeah. And I had I have it downloaded back then. When it came out 10 years ago, I downloaded it. And my Pi- two did kids. Did you pirate it or did you, you know? <laughs> no, I, I legitimately, legitimately oh. downloaded it. Napster. Um, yeah. And so... And so this is on top of my mind though right now because my two-year-old and four-year-old boys are like all ate up with anything hunting. And so they wanted to hear some hunting music. So like I put on like the 30 point buck and I put on Fred Bear and uh and then I pulled up that one. And there's a song on that album called Buck Fever. And it's a good old, you know, jam about buck fever and stuff. And my kids love it. But my son, for some reason, thinks it's called deer sick. So instead of buck fever, he calls it deer sick. <laughs> deer sick. <laughs> so, so from now on, if I ever like miss a deer or get too jittery, I'll be like, "Oh man, guys, I got some, I got some deer sick." <laughs> deer sickness, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, down fun. with the so, sickness. Yeah, you know? that's it, dude. It's rock, yeah. man. Oh, we dude, also so. we have another musician on the staff now. I don't know if you know that or not, but Greg, the guy I've been running around with, he is uh, was a touring musician in kind of the uh, the. I don't know what you call his genre, but definitely rocking out real hard, you know? And uh, he's also um, one of the guys. Who's it's like gonna, hard progressive. Yeah. Yep. He's going to be uh, hunting oh. with us uh, down in Texas when you come down with us. And uh, him and I have nice. been scheming on how to get you on a buck, man. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah. We're pretty excited, I too. Yeah. I am yeah. excited. Supposedly, deer sightings are going to be good. And so pretty much yeah. from here until then, we just see deer every day, dude. Can you believe it? But, well, the thing is, Mark, you're going to, you're going to, Think 
man, why are these guys seeing so many deer and I'm not seeing anything but goats? <laughs> Yeah. That's what you're going to think because yeah. they're going to well, be about half the size of Michigan. Down here. <laughs> Dude, your buddy Josh just sent us some trail camera pictures of like, I think they're moose, but they have whitetail antlers and whitetails um, from in Kansas. No, in uh, Michigan. I just can't believe oh. the size of the, the animals up there, man. It's so cool to travel the country and just see the discrepancies, you know, in, in whitetail, but then they're all. Especially in Mark's book, they're all just whitetail. That's right. So, they're just deer. Yeah. yeah I mean, deer. mule deer are just deer too. <laughs> right. They're all grouped. So, <laughs> when, when you guys make these lumpers and splitters jokes, do you think anybody knows what in the world you're talking no, about? No, they're but it's okay. In <laughs> Inside jokes are the best jokes. They Mark. are. We do this for us, Mark, not for the listener. Yeah, this, this, this is true. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. So, so what the uh, heck are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about hunting bucks in the rut, man. That's uh. That's what's going down right now. Everybody is hype. We've had a lot of people uh, just go wild about uh, the numbers that they want to give for what kind of week it's going to be, and I understand, right, because hyping is fun. I know that you're probably participating in some of it. We're doing quite a bit of it. Right now, honestly, We, uh, I think a lot of us are in the mode of like the buck who's been chasing like crazy and had to stop and take a break for a couple hours and then just get right back after it. You know, That's kind of how I feel at least. Um, have you heard much? Uh, I don't know how many guys you've gotten to talk to yet so far, but have have folks been talking about this forecast though yes. that we've got for a lot of the country? Because yeah. at least up in the Midwest, in my neck of the woods, in Michigan, Ohio, even here in Nebraska, it's really hot this mm. early part of November. Um, and I'm always, you know, bummed out when I see that because that's not ideal. But then I got to remind myself, it's still the rut. They're still doing the thing. You don't need mm-hmm. to get too crushed about it. Um, but is that something that is a theme this week? Yes. Yeah. In fact, we talked to uh, your good friend, uh, Josh, uh, with First Lot up in Michigan. He oh, yeah. is uh, actually mentioned that quite a bit. Uh, we talked to Michael Hunsucker in Colorado. Uh, he's talked about the weather a little bit as well. Clay Newcomb, who you are about to uh, be doing some texting with for the next week, yes. for one week, yes. I'd imagine. We talked to him about Arkansas. And then we talked to Chris B. about Ohio, and weather is a um, big factor in all that because it's like the – it's this is one of your favorite words here. Where it's a balancing thing of oh, like – Stop. Um, <laughs> like it's the first week stop of November. It, <laughs> so they're going to do the thing, but it's not yeah. ideal weather. So what does that look like? And there's some really interesting theories in there of just, you know, how guys hunt around the weather because – say it's late october you can just say oh it's not worth it but right right now it's worth it like no matter what the temperature is what the weather is it's worth being in the stand which is exciting right but you there's certain ways to uh to manipulate that to your favor and i would be interested in mark kenyon's first impulse when it comes to maybe a hot weather situation in early november you know it's it's mostly sticking to the normal plan Right. I mean, mornings especially are going to be just as good as any other time. You know, mostly that's the coolest part of the day. You're going to have a longer stretch of time. that's going to be cool and comfortable. So those bucks are going to be cruising. They're going to be chasing, running, whatever they would have been doing. They should still be doing it in the morning. So I'm hunting the same kinds of spots in the morning. Um, I think the biggest place that the hot weather impacts by rut hunts is that midday kind of action. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you've got like a 20 or 30 degree, 30 degree, super cold day, I could hunt in a bedding area and feel pretty confident there's going to be bucks cruising through that, you know, late morning, midday, early afternoon, 
when it's 75 on November 3rd or 4th, you know, I'm going to have much, much lower expectations for that kind of thing to happen. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I might feel honestly a little bit less bad about taking a midday off and getting some lunch Mm -hmm. or doing something creative midday. Like, I you never know, feel bad about those. that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's cookie time, sir. <laughs> you know, take advantage of those middays if you're not going to sit all day because there's not much moving at noon. You know, maybe then you do some more scouting and walk around and check out stuff. Or, you know, one of the things I'm going to do here in open country is uh, I'm not going to say sit at noon or one o'clock, but I'm going to get out of the tree and I'm going to go drive around and walk around and blast some of this open country and see if I can't get eyes on a buck with a doe you know, mm-hmm. better with a doe, locked on a doe, do that kind of thing mm-hmm. and see if I can't, you know, get lucky and spot something and make a move on it. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the way I'm going to try to take advantage of those hours that might be slower because of the temperatures. And then in the evening, you know, I think, you know, you're going to see on average, you know, that action is going to be closer to dark than maybe it would be on a nice cold day in November, but it's still going to happen. So I would say my biggest takeaway for the hot rut time period is, Stay the course, keep the faith. It's still possible. They're still rutting. You know, if you've got some water sources, like some little water holes, ponds back in the cover, that kind of thing can be particularly good on these hotter days. Um, I know those things can be pretty good even on normal weather days, let alone a, a hot day during the rut. Mm-hmm. So if you've got that, that's one other thing to think about adding to your stand setup kind of rotation. Um, but that's my quick two cents. Cool, man. Man. I like it. I you like have a it. plan, dude. You yeah. ready to put this thing together? Oh, I'm, I've been chomping at the bit, man, for a while. So yeah, I'm ready to make it happen. I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to just dive into November full force and see what happens. Yeah. Ooh, it's the, $5. Listen, five. I, I, um, I know KC, you know, is pretty teasy with his pictures, but I don't need any, of, I don't have time for any of that. So when you shoot a buck in Nebraska, just straight up, send me the hero shot. That's all I want. Well, <laughs> I, I absolutely owe KC back though. So like KC, then I'm I'm not gonna be able to send it to the group. Chat. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna I, send I like you. direct to you, and <laughs> yeah. then to KC. Like I'm gonna send him a foot. I'm gonna send him a pail. <laughs> I'm gonna send him like a haunch. Yeah. And uh, because not only has it been like one of those, but you guys have killed like 19 deer this year. <laughs> Done that on every single one of the deer. So I've got a lot of payback. That's true. That's true. Uh, you yeah. should definitely send that to you know his way um, first. That way, <laughs> you know I don't have to. I don't want him to be sitting in the truck with me and me be like, oh, Mark killed a buck, you know, and then he's going to make me show <laughs> yeah. him. So, yeah, yeah go to him first that. for sure. So, yeah, man, it's 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 an amazing time. I'm super excited. I'm I'm excited for you guys and for everyone listening. Uh, this is, you know, these are some of the best episodes of Rut Fresh every year because, you know, stuff changes so fast this time of year, too. Everyone's excited. Everyone's just hoping to hear that little bit of good news. So uh, I'm amped to get into it. I'll, I'll be listening here. Yeah. Cool, dude. Well. I hope that uh, things go well for you out there in Nebraska. And like I said, send us pics whenever you get it done, man. Um, we'll get to the interviews now. Sounds good. All right. Now on the phone is Chris B., everybody's favorite YouTuber, at least mine. Uh, what's going on, Chris? <laughs> well, I pay you to say that. So. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, the first <laughs> no. time I've been paid doing any kind of hunting stuff. Really so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, man. Just just traveling around, shooting bucks, trying to at least. Yeah, dude, you've been shooting them lately, a couple different states. Uh, recently, actually, we just found out like today pretty much that you shot a deer yep. in Ohio and he looks like yep. a toad. Is he a toad? Yeah, he's really nice. He's, he's goofy. Yeah. Uh, I really don't even know 
how he's you know score wise not that i really care but he's just so goofy sure. i don't know yeah but he's cool he's big dude so what what kind of tactics were you using to get close to this buck uh, so there's these rare um yellow acorns that drop you know like <laughs> in these really weird piles yeah yeah no uh, but uh yeah my tactics really went back to um i picked up this new piece of property like during season uh end of september and it was just like time to get intel so i, I in ohio obviously you can you can bait and it it, it can be for you sometimes it can be against you like mm-hmm. yeah it definitely hurt hurt me earlier in the week uh, hunting because it just kept getting busted and stuff. But mm. got some intel, and uh, this buck showed up and kind of hung around, but he daylighted for the first time uh, three days ago. So I actually jumped in the truck, drove all night, hunted that morning, that night, didn't see him. Uh, hunted yesterday, morning and night, didn't see him. And I think my access was bad. Um, so there was like some clear cuts and weird stuff going on. And I was kind of bombing through it on my e-bike and thinking that I could just like rip through it and it'll be different than walking and they won't really scare. But I like totally flipped my, my whole perspective over access from a completely different area, but still hunting roughly the same spot. And, um, yeah, man, he came in like right at first light this morning. Um, and I think I was 10 minutes past legal time. Like I was like checking my phone, you know, and being like, okay, we're like, I'm good there we go. You know, and it was, uh, it was good, man. He, uh, shot him, found him about an hour later and it was just kind of textbook how it all happened. That's awesome, dude. Congrats on that, by the way. Um, I've, man, I've always appreciated your just candidness with the, uh, the baiting thing because a lot of people think it's taboo yeah. and, um, you know, people yeah. from, from states that don't do that, don't, you know, they have their opinions about it, but as you know, we're from Texas and, uh, yeah. we are pro bait, um, and yeah. you know, pro whatever you, however you want to do it, man, it's deer hunting. Yeah. It's fun it's hunting if it's legal, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. but that's awesome. It dude. always seems like that, like what you said, it's like Kentucky, Ohio, everyone's a hundred percent for it. But mm-hmm. as soon as it's like a guy born and raised in, you know, Michigan, Iowa, yeah. or Michigan, <laughs> even, you know, it's just like, they just put people down about it, and I'm just I'm just not about that. Sure. Yep. Man, um, that's a really good way to get on deer, particularly in a place that um, is can be difficult otherwise. You know, whether it's yeah. like the weather that's going on or the access or what have you, you can make deer move in ways that maybe they wouldn't if you're just hunting travel routes and stuff. Uh, and right. I know, like with the upcoming weather for the first week of November, everybody is really concerned. Yeah. How do you feel yeah. like? Um, that you know this hot streak we're going to have the first week of november is going to translate into yeah. your hunting woods so that's kind of why i so i live in iowa and that's kind of why i left because the weather wasn't great there and i left and came to ohio um to kind of wait out the weather back home um but you know I, i'm taking these days to kind of get some more cameras out maybe hang a couple more stands um and still like utilizing those days and and still hunting but really not getting my hopes up too much but it's november now dude like it's just anything can happen mm-hmm. um and it's just you gotta you gotta you know use those warm days warm windy days in your advantage to maybe reset or uh you know get more intel and just uh don't get down about it because i think on like the fifth it's gonna like freaking turn right back on mm-hmm. and it's gonna be hot so yeah, yeah. so you're gonna yeah, you're gonna hunt uh just guessing here you're going to be sitting in funnels in iowa on the fifth yeah just you know pinches and and just all everything rut related man it's Mm -hmm. just it's just game on so 
a lot of bebopping around and trying trying to make it happen rattling and just dude it's just everything next yeah. week yeah <laughs> it's awesome dude. yeah, yeah so, i'm excited man. Yeah, if you uh, um were a guy who had like semi-flexible schedule and you're trying to decide if you're going to take your your long weekend here say november one through seven or if you're going to wait later and hope that a front room moves in would you rather push it and try to make it happen in the first week or wait and see next week i'd I for sure would push it if I if I had one week I'd wait to like seven seven through fifteen somewhere in that window. Mm-hmm. I like these, that. Th- these first few days, you know, and they start getting locked down, like to like getting those local doughs bred, and I mean, first few days are good, and then as soon as they get on that lockdown and 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 chill out, it's not until you know the ninth or nine through fifteen when they really start mm-hmm. popping back up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are good dates, man. Well, I appreciate you. Um, congrats on that big buck, dude. And uh, Thanks, hopefully we'll be able to check back with you sometime this season to see how things are going. First, before we get out of here, though, I want you to give me a 1 to 10 rating on buck movement, your predicted buck movement in the next week. Uh, beginning of the week, like a 3. End of the week is going to be 10. Oh, yes. Man, yes. live. I bet it's going to be good, man. All right, dude. The 5th, I'm telling you. The 5th. That's it's going to be day. hot. Yeah. Remember, remember the 5th I've, of November. That's right. Yep. I've, I've killed on the 4th, <laughs> a couple of deer on the 4th, I think. So, yeah, yep. it's good yeah. dates in there, man. All right. Well, best of luck this year, dude. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, guys. We're on the phone with one and only Clay Newcomb. He's been doing a little hunting up in Arkansas, I do believe. Clay, what's going on, man? Hey, man. I'm doing good. And yeah, you're right. I've, I've been in Arkansas. I'm going to oklahoma today actually oh hot dog dude we actually were just talking about a little bit of that too uh we're trying to decide where to head because it's such a good time of year things are ripe for the picking uh but we do want to talk about what's going down in arkansas what have you been seeing up there in the uh in the hills man yeah so this week I, i hunted i think three mornings and afternoons and i saw bucks Let's see, two, four, four of six sits. I saw bucks cruising, just just moving through with their heads down, and I saw I saw a buck that was a a a, a good buck. I mean, a three and a half year old plus type buck that was chasing does at three o'clock in the afternoon when I was walking into a stand. Golly! So I mean, I would I would say that it's that it, it's the last week of October here in the Ozarks is really just really good, man. It sounds like it, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, that being said, I've also got cameras on uh, on some feed, and that's always real interesting because you you start losing pictures of bucks when they start roaming. You know, mm-hmm. they're kind of like they're on a feed pattern, and then they then when you quit getting pictures of deer on your feed, usually that means they're really cruising. And that, that seems to, that happened really last week. Yeah. So I have some friends that hunt up in Arkansas area stuff, uh, kind of South of you though, but, uh, for them, bears are an issue when it comes to, uh, you know, deer feed and they mess up their situations up there. But, you know, for a guy like you, that might be a, a dual-purpose feed situation. Is that how you treat it, or do you have problems with bears? Man, where, I, where I'm where i deer hunting, we don't really have many bears at all. Really? How about that? Yeah. 
It's because yeah, you took yeah. care of them already, didn't you? <laughs> well, my situation where I'm doing most of my deer hunting is, is really kind of like suburban hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, a lot of what I'm doing up here where I live. That's neat. Um, now, now I go to, and, and there's just not bears right here, but I do quite a bit of hunting in, in, on big public land, you know, and there's definitely bears there, but you can't hunt over feed. Mm-hmm. So on the private land parcels where there's small parcels, which is what I'm hunting a lot of, I mean, it's hard to be successful without being in the feed game when every, everybody's got feed out, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a necessary evil in some ways, if you want to, if you want to play. Sure. You know? Yeah. So what, when, <laughs> uh, when the bucks kind of, you know, get to roaming like this, what are you focused on? Do you still stay on the feed and just hope there's enough does around or what are there other attributes or, uh, different kind of, uh, Man, landscape no, features? No, I, I, I'm not, I'm not hunting the feed as much as I am just natural pinch pinch points and funnels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just places over the years where in the Ozarks, you know, you're just using topography that's funneling deer, you know, back edges of fields with, uh, hollas that come up. I mean, there's just every little spot that I do hunt like that. That's just a, a funnel transition area, travel area. each has its own little unique reason why they're coming through there you know and and really some of those places too you would never in your i wouldn't pick them out on on x and think man that is going to be a good travel area but just having hunted places for a long time yeah you're just like that's where they're going to be sure it's sometimes not as distinct as we'd like to hope that a travel area would be right so with that like are there native food sources uh that you look at in the next week or so that are going to be really uh a good thing for you know keeping does around uh when you're looking at funnels between maybe bedding or uh feeding areas for does man it's all about the acorns right now for us and and probably for almost everybody in the eastern deciduous forest the white oaks are going to be starting to tail out about right now even though there are white oaks on the ground that are good but if there's red oaks that have made the red oaks seem to hold a little bit longer mm-hmm. and so yeah acorns are big man cool and yeah. we've got acorns it'll it, pretty widespread this year feels yep. to me like at least where i'm hunting it seems to be pretty widespread way. we were up in illinois and it was the same thing going on up there man just lots of acorns on the ground so if you were gonna focus on one tactic for the next week man what's it gonna be just funnels, just places where you're going to see deer movement, does, and then if you can, you can grunt them in this time of year mm-hmm. too, you know. Yep, yep. So for if, sure. if you're if you're in a funnel that's a little wider, and some of the places I hunt, it feels like, you know, within about 70 yards where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but this time of year that works pretty good because if you can see them, you know they're around, sometimes you can grunt them in. Yep. So if you were going to rank deer movement for this first week in November, Buck move it in particular from a scale of one to 10 in Arkansas. What are you going to call it? In Northwest Arkansas, it's as good as it gets the first week, Ooh. but the temperatures are going to be 73 degrees. So that's going to put a damper on it, but they're still going to be doing it just uh, early and late. It's going to be good. Probably midday is going to be good too, because they're, yeah, I, yeah, I think sometimes when the daylight movement isn't real good, midday is good because they've been bedded 
since earlier in the day. They get antsy. You know, like it was real mm-hmm. cold. It was real cold. They might be really moving till 10 o'clock, just kind of on their natural pattern. But, you know, if it's warm and they, they've got a belly full of food and the does aren't moving much, they might bed down closer to daylight mm-hmm. and then, but then get up in the middle of the day. So, man, you know, hot and all day is good too, even when it's hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Scale of one to 10, what is it? 10, man. 10, damn. Damn it. I didn't ten. know if you could get perfect. Golly, 10 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying. Right. Now, hold on, Casey. Are we, about, are, are we talking about with the specifics of the weather or just in general the first seven days of November? Man, in Northwest whichever Arkansas? answer is the most optimistic. Let's just, I want to go with it, man. It's ten, first of November. It is going to be a 10. Let's go. No <laughs> man, my man, Clay Newcomb. Thanks for the report from Arkansas, dude. <laughs> you bet. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Yeah, and Market House provides everything from grass-fed beef to free-range chicken, Mm. grass-fed lamb, and even wild-caught king crab and seafood. Market House keeps small farm values, trusted sources, and clean mouth-watering food for your family. And like I said, Market House ships all orders overnight. Order today, enjoy tomorrow. And you can even keep the camo on for dinner, even if the filet mignon is on the table. 
With Market House, it doesn't matter because the cuts and catches come straight to your door. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. And everybody knows how hard it is these days to find high-quality, sustainably sourced meat and seafood at their local grocery store. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. All right, now on the phone, I've got Michael Hunsucker from Heartland Bowhunter. We recently talked to you, but you're in a different state here that not many people hunt for whitetails. This is Colorado you've been in recently, right? And you had some success there. Yeah, man, we had a I mean, picture-perfect trip. You couldn't, couldn't draw it up any better, to be honest. Man, it's awesome. That's uh, that buck looks awesome. He's so heavy, dude, and just I, I love when this is one of the immeasurables. But like when a deer has tines that are thick and heavy, you know, like you don't, you can't measure that, but it shows for yeah. sure when you look at a buck. And that's one of those bucks like that, man. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, deer of a lifetime, this unbelievable character, and um, the whole story behind it really is what makes it even more special. Yeah, yeah. So, um. What what kind of what kind of patterns were you hunting while you're out there? So when we got there, you know, I usually get there and, and I'll run cameras and, and check, um, kind of see what's been going on. And um, it's it's kind of a river river system, and so there's a lot of natural pinch points, and so that's where the cameras kind of are, are all in national natural pinch points. Um, you know, fence crossings, gate gaps, levee crossings, just stuff that kind of funnels them down uh, more so than they already are. You know, being on the river channel, and so. Um, uh, my a big thing for me was right when I got there was to start shifting some of those to scrapes because uh, uh, I realized, you know, right when I got there, I mean, scrapes were just blown up everywhere. It seemed like the bucks were starting to, you know, lay down scrapes, check those scrapes and just kind of get Nancy for the, for the rut to come. Yeah. So were they, were big deer using those scrapes? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, uh, um, once we did find some of these scrapes, I put a camera on one of them and there was probably I don't know, five, six bucks using it and two of them, two or three maturity are using the same scrape. So a little bit of territorialness going on there or whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Technically they're not territorial, I guess, over scrapes, but you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. <laughs> those, those, uh, those, uh, communal scrapes get, they get hot this time of year. Yeah. So were they, um, you were, did you actually shoot your buck over a scrape? Uh, yeah, one he just made after I called him in. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, gosh, dude. <laughs> so, uh, so, I know that's a big part of what y'all do in general is the calling thing, right? Is it, uh, did you have to kind of adjust that some because of it being late October when you're out there? Or is it the normal, you know, just see a buck and get him to hear you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of calling in certain areas, Colorado, Eastern Colorado, Western Kansas, they hunt kind of similar, and, um, you know, really good, really competitive uh, rut situations where they got great buck to doe ratios and good, good age structure, um, naturally. So it just makes for a great time, uh, you know, for, for calling and grunting, but yeah. So it was like, you know, we're hunting that basically last, you know, Oh, 10 days or so of October. And, um, it's kind of one of those deals. I think we got there like the 18th or something like that. So really, you know, the third week of October really. And so it could be, you know, a little, little early for a ton of free rut, you know, activity, but, um, so I'm not blind calling by any means, but, um, definitely had the rattling antlers packed and definitely had a ground tube with me. And, um, it's what, it's what killed my deer. Um, you know, I, 
I uh, seen them just kind of creeping through. We we basically hunted this this basically known bedding thicket area that that we thought, okay, you know, a lot of your bed here, bucks are going to be cruising through here, um, kind of checking for does, and we were able to sneak in um, to that spot, uh, you know, early in the morning, catch them kind of coming back in there. And actually, that deer was literally the first deer we saw. It was first thing in the morning, and he was actually heading away from us. Um, and so, had I not grunted, got his attention. And uh, he was interested in come check it out. He actually probably 100 yards away, walking kind of, cor- you know, caddy corner away from us. And I hit the grunt too. We picked his head up, looked our way, and it started stiff leg walking right to us. He got about halfway, and he he held up in the trees. And um, I, he was kind of out of sight from us. And I'm watching him, and I'm looking for him, looking for him, listening for him. I'm like, what the heck? I don't hear him. I don't see him. Did he slip out on us? What happened? I was like, I'm going to hit him again with the grunt too. So really soft, just, just a couple grunts. And boom, here he came. Mm. Uh, and so he came beelined right to us. And it was one of those mornings, super calm. And so you hate to call too loud or over call because, I mean, he literally pinpointed exactly where that grunt was. Luckily, it's super, you know, that area is super thick. And so there were, you know, there there would be a situation where, you know, he could hear the grunt but not see the deer. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. So if you were going to be up there again this week, would you be using similar tactics or would you hunt different spots? Would you use different tactics in your calling or, you know, what do you think that you would um, use? Yeah, pretty similar, pretty similar tactics, maybe a little more aggressive. I mean, it's getting to the point to where, um, I run cameras noticing the deer starting to break, break some times. And, um, actually, so after I shot my buck, you know, one of the, the biggest deer, the one you were talking about the giant with the double drop times, you know, we, we had really obviously, he had been super regular all year and my buddy, Tony, um, you know, he actually had some history with this deer. So he had shot him last year. So I, I kind of stayed, stayed clear with that deer going into the hunt. <laughs> yeah. was awesome I got, I was able to kill my buck, you know, the third day of our hunt. And then he was coming in like the fourth day or fifth day. And so I got to hunt with him, um, the next few days and we actually decoyed that buck in with a, with a decoy. And so, um, oh. it's just going to be that time, man. We had, we had seen him. Uh, we hunted the night before, and Brandon was scouting. Um, and he, Brandon, laid eyes on him. Um, and he come, came out and like bumped some does, made a scrape. Um, he ended up meeting up with a little spike buck and kind of got aggressive towards him. And then the spike buck obviously backed down, and then they were kind of just being buddies. But it's, it was just like I told Brandon, I was like, we're going to sit there where you saw him last night. We're going to sit there with the decoy. Um, and, and mainly because he was coming out into an alfalfa field and it's a, just a big field. And so the odds of him like walking right past us, I was like, I don't really like our odds. It was our last night going to be there. And uh, so we, we deployed the decoy and uh, it didn't, didn't work textbook to the, to the decoy, you know, what the decoy situation would normally work. Uh, but it worked. So <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's so cool. awesome. So uh, if you were going to put a number on it, on a scale from one to 10 for Eastern Colorado for the, the first week of November coming up here, what's the buck movement going to be like? Man, I honestly haven't looked at the weather, but I'm going to say I'm going to give it an eight right now. Mm. And I want to give it a zero because I'm a bow hunter and uh, it's <laughs> season I can't hunt. But <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. If you got a tag for rifle out there, you know, it's a zero. It's a zero. Mike Sucker said there's no reason to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious, man. Yeah, it's a great time of the year. We're all excited about it. Mike, thanks for the great information, dude. Yeah, you bet. We have got Josh Hilliard with First Light on the phone right now. He has been hunting in Michigan. Josh, what's been going on, dude? <laughs> well, hey guys, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. First, um, man, it has been uh, it's been slow going for me here in Michigan. 
um, last week or so. Um, hunted, a, hunted a few times end of last week and, and finally started to see some uh, some young bucks starting to cruise and 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 moving um you know a little later into the morning but other than that man it's been it's been real slow for me really um, here in michigan so far yeah man, that's yep. uh i i can uh sympathize with you. you had some slow hunts here in late october too and i think that's the way it goes but uh yeah. traditionally do you see good movement in late october in michigan <laughs> I, I think it's pretty i think it's um i think it just kind of depends on on where you're at like I've seen some some good movement in late October um, on this little piece that I hunt, and it's also been slow like this um, as well. So I, I think it's all just kind of dependent on on if you get a if you get a doe that comes in uh, to ask just a little early and can really kind of get them get them picked up. But um, with that being said, I've actually had uh, a couple of different um, you know, mature bucks move into to uh, my little my little lease here in the last like two days. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a positive i'm just kind of buying my time to get out um just with family stuff going i haven't been able to get out the last two days unfortunately so um tomorrow tomorrow i start hitting it hard uh, on some of these some of these deer so first couple shooters i've had in camera since like september 1st so it's just been a brutal wow. year for, for for this little piece of property that i hunt but there's usually a good good one or two that that stroll through here this time of year so yeah. Um, looks like it's starting to happen. That season-long data is is very helpful, I would imagine, and I, I bet that there's some benefit to Michigan being a high-pressure state, from what we hear from everybody. I don't know. You all seem to kill a bunch of big bucks, so I feel like that's a lot of fluff because Mark killed a big one like <laughs> first weekend. But <laughs> all things considered, you staying off the property because there's not a ton of uh, shooters there early, I bet can benefit you later as November pushes on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that's kind of been my game plan. I always tell myself every year, like, okay, I'm going to be aggressive, like early season. Um, I've, there's there's quite a few deer that get killed uh, in that neighborhood, like early October. Um, so every year I tell myself I'm going to do that, and then this year, of course, I'm gone on a on a trip first week of October. So I've I've really only hunted it a handful of times. Just been pretty selective about when I'm going out there. Um, you know, it's it's a small piece, it's 40 acres, so it can get blown up pretty quickly and a lot of hunting pressure around. So I've just tried to do my best to be patient and stay off it until I know, um, you know, either time frame like this time of year, um, with the rut kicking off, or if I've got one that's, that's consistently showing up, you know, kind of that late October and then make a strike, but I just haven't had that. So I've, I've tried to just be, uh, selective when I'm going out there. Right. So in this next week, the first week in November here, are you, what are you focusing on? Like what tactics are you going to be using to try to get in front of bucks? So I'm, I'm just trying to get between some bedding areas on this, this piece of property. I've got like um, a stand of like conifers that's like 10 acres and it's some of the best bedding in the area. Um, but there's a couple of other bedding areas uh, on neighboring properties. Um, and there's a couple of different travel corridors that these bucks traditionally use to get back and forth between these, these bedding areas. So I'm just trying to get on the downwind side of these, these bedding areas, pretty, pretty standard, you know, rut, um, uh, tactics, trying to get, trying to get myself between, uh, these bedding areas where there's, these bucks are going to be traveling. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a piece of property that has some good topography for like a Southern Michigan. Piece. Um, so it, it kind of dictates some of the travel. There's a, I've got a couple stands where a couple different ridges kind of converge and, and dump into, uh, a pretty heavily used travel corridor, um, to get into this, this pine stand. That's, I've, I've had multiple opportunities at here and in that spot and a couple other spots too um, that are, are very similar. So they seem to be 
from from some of the data I've got with cameras out there right now, they seem to be hitting one side of these pines pretty heavily right now. So I'm I'm just I was going to go this morning, but I had a, a horrible wind for that location. So trying to trying to be patient and, and get out there tomorrow and, and get after them when things kind of turn in my favor. Mm-hmm. Smart man making smart moves. I like it, dude. <laughs> so we'll see how. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> uh, we like to say we'll see what happens. You know, that's do we? The, yeah. <laughs> we actually have a rule where that costs you five dollars if you say that. So way to go, Josh. You avoided that. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, looking forward, um, the first week of November, we all know is to be like this is what we want to hunt, right? Super like, Bowl. We, we, yeah, for real. The Super Bowl, the World Cup, whatever you yep. call it, right? World Series, man. The, the Astros. Series. Go Astros. What uh, is, but, what's the World Cup? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the way you look at it, too, in, in Michigan? Where yeah. You're at? Yeah, I, I, I think for sure. Like, these kind of first two weeks of November are, are just usually pretty darn good up here. And mm-hmm. you're kind of running up against our rifle season starts November 15th. Our firearm season starts November 15th. So you're kind of down to the the wire here. Um, if you're going to get it done with a bow, like now now is the time. You know, it's it's once those guns start cracking off here in Michigan, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of them out there in the woods come November fifteenth. So it just gets exponentially harder. Um, gotcha. So yeah, these these first two weeks of November specifically, I've, I've I really like the first week. Um, start to get a little later into November, you start to experience some of the lockdown, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. So. Now, now is the time, and and uh, man, if you can get out in the woods, be in the woods right now. Mm, well, put a number on it between one and ten. What you expect buck movement to be like this week? Man, um, I, I hope it's a ten, right? Uh, I, I I don't think it will. I mean, we're I don't know about you guys. Um, I don't like this time of year. I'm not as concerned about weather and, and temperatures, but man, we're supposed to be up into the seventies, mm-hmm. um, like high sixties, low seventies by the weekend, which is you know abnormally warm for up here at this time of year so um you know they're still gonna be rotten they're still gonna be moving i think that may impact a little bit about uh, like daylight movement what you're seeing um just just with the temperatures i'm gonna say like a 7.5 all right next week i like it still passing grade sounds good dude i'm I excited used to do, i used to shoot for that in college a lot man <laughs> 7.5 <laughs> yeah dude that's good stuff josh hope you yeah. run up on a big one out there man we appreciate the info well thanks guys appreciate you guys having me on it is time to make this a November to remember. Guys, the deal is the Bucks are going to chase the does and they're going to do the thing no matter what the weather, what the pressure, what's going on. So be excited because we live for this time of year. It is the most exciting time of the year as a deer hunter. If you need some motivation or some inspiration of what you should be doing in the woods or why you should get in the woods at all, you should check out uh, episode 591 of the Wired to Hunt podcast. It's about patterning bucks during the rut. And then also, Tony Peterson has a cool article about five mistakes that hunters make during the rut. If you want to see some hot Texas pre-rut action, the element went down to uh, some good old river bottoms here in East Texas and actually tried to scratch one out. Got really close. You just need to watch the video and see what that's about. We'll put the links to that stuff in the description below. This is Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules 
from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.